0: In today's daf is Daf Lamed. We began the Mishnah in last year and it was from the Gemara. So in last year we were discussing someone who was sent to place the Eruv Trum down for his city and was turned back. Okay, So I explained it yesterday that the reason why it was turned back, I brought both the Pnei Moshe and Reb Chaim. You see quite that again, the reason why Chaim gave a pair, it was um, a little unexpected, is because that's what Yerushalmi explains it, as will see in today's year. So let's have a look. So Mishnah, um, now, So there were two ways in the Beit Midrash they will mefarish this Mishnah. Okay, so the Gemara says, what is it? One is, So the person he saw on the way to placing the Eruv down, what were the two ways? One is, th- this first way we, that we're going to see, it, we didn't bring yesterday at all. Either the person that met him says, oh, you're going to place the Eruv down? Don't worry, I'll take it from you, and I'll place it down in that location. I'll marry for you, and I'll marry for the city. Okay. The Eruv Al Bani Karate. And what happens is that the second Shaliach, if you like, he made the Eruv Torun for everybody, but didn't do it for the Shaliach. And that's different to what we said yesterday. So this second person he hands it to faithfully did it for the city, but not for, them, for, not for the Shaliach. So therefore, Huasel Alech Botoruach. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't effective for the Shaliach. Umutar b'shar kol but he's allowed to go, meaning he's it's as if the eruv wasn't placed down for him. But therefore, he's like the Ir, not the, um, sorry, like a benayir, meaning he's limited to the Thum of the city, okay, because the eruv wasn't placed down for him. Gave the hand, but everybody else who this second shaliach placed the eruv down for meaning it's worked for them, so it's so it works for them to go further in the direction where the arrow is placed but not the other way now, and then, then clearly what would happen is according to Rabbi Mer, when it says when Rabbi Mer says, no, he is what's Hamar Gamal, is that the, the, the second shaliach didn't place arrow down for him but he didn't want to be part of the city. He wanted to be part of the Eruv. So that's why he is what's called stuck as Hamar Gamal zifiaz. He was an oker shlichot from the city, but no eruv was placed down there he stuck to his stuck. Okay, so that's very different to what we said yesterday. So once again, this second shaliach, we're going to have a look at the Nath between the two in a moment. The second shaliach faithfully carried out the task uh, of placing the Eruv down for the city, but not for him. So therefore, he is, it didn't work for him at all, but for the city it did. The second way of looking at it is, however, the second way is pat pat But there was another parish. Amrali, and this is similar to way the Ruchaim explained the Mishnah yesterday. Amrali He passes on to the shliach. The second the shliach meets another person. He says, "Oh, don't worry, I'll do for you in the city." But then And the second shliach didn't carry out his shlichut. So we say, "Humut alalech b'tovah since he was already on his way to do it, and add to the mix here, the Shelech, you know, this second Shelech didn't do what he was meant to do, so therefore he's he would he would be Ma'arud baraglav in that situation. In other words, he can throw shalichok, because it was Machzik bederach as we said. However, the stream they weren't Machzik bederach so they can't rely on the fact that they were journeying to that location to make the to make the Arab in that location. So therefore, um Hemutram they are. So, But they're like, as if they're they're, they're limited to the tomb of the city. Okay? Second way of explaining it is, once again, is that the first shaleach passed on the second shaleach. The second shaleach did nothing. He didn't carry out anything for them. So, again, for the people of the city, well, Eruv wasn't placed down, so therefore they're limited to the city. However, as we've just said, because this first individual, this shaleach was machzik bederech, and therefore, we say, and you have to throw into the mix here that had he known the shlech wouldn't do with shlichut, therefore, since he's machzik bederech, he the fact he was machzik bederech to throw, the shle- throw, throw, if you like, his at the center of tchum to the location he wanted to go. Okay? <clears throat> well, but what's interesting here, then, the difference between these two perush... Uh, so, again, and with that, just to finish what Rebbe Meir says, Rabbi Meir says, well, you can't throw your shlichut, right? Um, you won't machzik bederech. I mean, even if you Machzik so you can't throw it's only the only time you can say, make your Tchum center of your area of Tchum at a distance, is if you're journeying like in the desert on the way to a city. Not if you're from the city going out to place your Tchum down. Okay? And that's where Rabbi Meir says you get nothing. But what's interesting here is um is that according to the first way of reading the Gemara, where, again, what well, was the first way of the Gemara? He passed on the Shaliyah, the shliach faithfully placed the Tchum down, there was Tchum down, but only the only half of the Shaliach. going to the first, that first way, it means everyone agrees that that Shaliach is in trouble. Meaning, either he is bound by the city, or remember he's got nothing, but you don't say, because he was going out to place the Tchum down, oh, it's as if he placed his Shaliyah there. Presumably because either he's, either because you can say, and this is a misfarah now, if you can say, that's not because machzik Baderach and everyone holds it on machzik Baderach, right? Or you simply say, he yeah, handed it on to a shaliyah, right? And, the, and, and then he's trusting the shaliyah to do the job for him. That's maybe another way of looking, that's misfarah outside. However, uh, according to the second way, when when Rabbi Yehuda says, even though that even though that shaliyah did, the second shaliyah did absolutely nothing, the first shaliyah, it was according to Rabbi Yehuda, Oh, Bader. You can you, you can make your you can make your uh, the center of your eruv at a distance at a place you were heading towards. Okay? And that's kind of the Nachbed between the two ways. Okay. Um uh, the uh but as I said, the way the, the Moshe explained the Mishnah, which is something like based on the is that not that he gave it over to another selector to place it down. But rather, he's simply the guy, the other person sort of turned him back. Say it's raining now. Don't go. It's like oh, it's too hot or something like that. Not now's not the right time to go. And he ended up not going, right? In that situation, it's not a matter of handing over shlichut. You go. You don't get all this. You don't get the complexity of the Risham we just had now of a shliach passing onto another shliach and, and the dynamic that happens in terms of did he run the shlichut or not? Or his maxim is even despite of the shlichut, all the complexity we've had in this just now, um, and it's just a matter then you know that's that would simplify it, but. That's not the way Rishalom. He read the silgi, right? Clearly, he would. It was he passed another person. Says, "Don't worry, I'll take it for you." And then again, there are two ways to understand the silgi. Okay, I'm assuming in the first reading, it's an active uh, leaving out of the first shaliach. I assume so. I, I, yeah. In other words, if he it down, I mean. When you place he, it, down, he, saying, he placed it with that. kol ear, so the sharia is part of the ear. It's one of the population. Yeah, good question. I assume it was. It had to be something. I guess you're right. It would have to be. So i placing for everybody, okay? Maybe he assumed. Maybe assumed because this first guy was walking by foot there, and maybe a Rebbe Huda, Rebbe he's All these other things. <laughs> he said, "Oh, I don't need to make it for this person. I'm making for the rest of the city, right? Not knowing mm-hmm. that not the someone who's walking onto a place doesn't work." According to this first first reading of the Gemara, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's continue. Um, now, Halachayud. What if someone steps out of the tchum, even for one ama? That's it. He can't go back inside again. Okay, despite the fact, what's interesting, we'll see in a moment, that Reb Yezer says, a Reb No, shalosh Now, the assumption called Reb Yezer is the what? As soon as he steps out, where's his dalad His dalad is you know, he's in the middle of it. So therefore, what we have is, if he steps one out or, or even just to two arm out, his personal tum now, we said Dalar is Mishum tum is now reaching the tum of the city. And he holds that uh, Havla Tchum, I think the expression is, that, that once you're, the tum of the person who went out is overlapping or touching even, according to the second understanding we, we learned recently, even touching the original tum he can go back inside again. If you recall, we saw this by an individual who was Yatsabar Someone who was allowed to go out to Tchum to save someone's life or something like that. And once it's told you're not needed anymore, he gets 2,000 of them on all direction. And if that overlaps the city's Tchum, he can go back home. Okay, it's like beniir. So this situation where he holds it, even someone who's walking out of the city, so stepped out of the city, okay, normally only gets dalaramot If those dalaramot that he has, because he's centered in the middle of it, overlaps the city, he can go back inside. Okay, now there's different ways to understand the chachamim. Either maybe not have or maybe because he's journeying that direction, the dalal gets isn't that in you know going forward. Okay, different ways of understanding chachamim, but the gemara doesn't really elaborate on that. That's a, a matter of further learning. Okay, let's continue. What about some shikh Someone who was journeying and he sat outside the A Afilu ama echad, even if it was only one ama, lo Now there's again two ways to understand this. I'm going to bring both ways and the second I saying might be a bit easier to understand the Gemara. Pnei Moshe explains, which is like Chitata Arambam, that what it means is his 2,000 amot are going to be from where he's located. And therefore, because you measure the tum of the city from the edge of the city, that means, because he's one amot outside the Tchum, he can't loy kanes, meaning he can't even go into the city. Okay? Because he was machshik, not within the Tchum of the city, his 2,000 amot are exactly there. Okay? that's what it, That's what it means. But then you run to the issues of about overlapping Khums and things like that. Let's just leave that, leave that aside. Now, the the way the um, the Bhatanur explains it, which I think is the way the Gemara explains it here. I'm not sure. We'll see in a moment. Especially the way the, the, the Sugya follows in the Gemara. Is we're talking about it, someone who wanted to make his home inside the city. But he didn't realize that he was one, one Amatu Pharaoh outside. So therefore, since he didn't want his trum here, therefore it's as if he's outside the tulum of the city, and he only has what da, la, Okay, so this is the point that, despite the fact he's only a little bit out, and his personal trum if you like, might overlap the city. he can't go in, can't go into the tulum, and use havlata to get him home. Okay, that's that's another way, if you like, of explaining this the, the, the Mishnah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see the, see Gemara. Why, you'll see why I mean, I think the, the second way is a bit about, uh, easier to understand the Gemara, but let's continue. Uh, again, it's not clear Reb Chaim, uh, from Rebbe Chaim, how he explains it, at least in the parish I have here. Okay. So let's continue. Uh, Asar <laughs> even if he's 15 Amot past the signpost that says end of, or end of city, like, you know, end of the tomb of the city, he can go back inside. Because when they measure the tchum, they're not, they, they don't do it with precision. Now, there's two explanations of what it means. The first, According to the first explanation Rabbi Chaim brings, it means that unfortunately, when people go into your limb and walk around, they're not so conscious of signs, signs. And they might take a step or two out. So, therefore, when they measure the tchum, they gave people a buffer. Like a safety area that they bring in what they have, the way they mark off the tomb of the city a little a drop earlier, and that way if you're amara in a, a bit outside you know you're still within the tomb of the city okay however, the second explanation is maybe now toyan doesn't refer to people making mistakes is that the what we'll learn later on is they used to use ropes of to measure the, tr- the trum, ropes of 50 amot. It was that distance, because if it's short, it'll end up stretching the rope too much. And if it's too too much longer, it'll end up sagging. So for uh, for measurement purposes, it was 50 amot. Okay. And the thing is, when you measure something, if you're holding a 50 amot rope, you're going to end up holding it at an end. So that's going to reduce what's called kedeahiza. Meaning you're not really measuring 50 amot, you're measuring measuring slightly less than that because of where you're holding it, where your hand is holding Okay, and the way your hand is holding the way uh, it works out nicely is Reb Chaim says it's an amma and an etzba. Okay, so if but that means for each rope of which is forty is really two amot and um sorry sorry it's amma and chazi etzba sorry which so therefore if you calculate both ends for a rope it's two amot and one etzba. Okay, now forty ropes to make two thousand amot you've got to times it by fifty right. Am I doing this right? I hope so. 40, sorry. The 50, the 50 amot to get 2,000 times by 40. So that means it's 2 amot times an etzba is 40 amot and, so 80 amot, sorry, 80 amot and 40 etzba. Okay, which altogether will 40 etzba, uh, there are four etzba in an amah. So therefore altogether you get to 90 tfachim that you've cut off by the fact you're holding, a, holding it at each end okay? Because each, again, each is a tefach and an etzpah. We've, we've timed it by 2, then times it by 40. Therefore, you get to effectively 90 tvachim. Now, 90 tvachim is 15 amot, okay? So, in other words, we've calculated by the way they measure it, they're going to be, it's going to come out 15 amot short at the end of the day, okay? That's 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 the second way that Reb Chaim brings. Okay, let's learn the Gemara. B'Shem so the first understanding why uh, Re, Rebbe Leza says you can go in because there's two amot outside is because again he has four amot um, when he steps outside the trum and he's centered in the middle of it. So therefore you've only got two amot. However, it's two and a bit, just a little bit more. There's no overlapping trum. Not the shikah, there's not even nashika. There's no even his personal trum being four amot and the trum of the city aren't even touching, so he can't go back in. So two That's the limit so if you notice i saw i am so a of a kosher loiy kenes the har rabelezer uh rabalazo sorry was the do rabalazo rabalazo mer shtaimikanes loiy kenes so we tried to we tried to medike from the son of the mishnah because the mishnah says shtaimikanes meaning only if it's two a we'll drop more or not so amar rabal amalorabiosa i'm debating one second you can't be you can't medike that point from the mishnah because the mishnah says shalosh loiy Mashma, what? Three you can't go, but just less than three you can go back in. So, in other words, even though Misvara, it makes sense that what? That according to Rebbe Lazar, it's Mamash, the limit is two. You can't medyak that point from Lashon the Mishnah because the Mishnah says two you can go back in and three you can't. But that area in between seems to be gray if you're just basing it on pure um, uh, linguistic sort of derivation in terms of what it would be. Let's continue. Amar lo rabiosa. Amrenda ba uh one second. Havum baimar. Ma dam rabyosa biotse. Ham mach lo. When Reb uh Reb said in a Mishnah that if you step out of the Thum, you can go back in. That whole idea of again the way we're explaining it now of Aruv Thuh of this um, um this Havla Thum. Is that is that the last one? That's get the i right. Um, yeah, of the, tchumim overlapping and touching, that leniency is only for someone who stepped out of the, trum. however, someone who's, then maybe he doesn't say that. Okay. Um, I'll tell you why. Reb Chaimich says, He says, why does the, the, was that why does Rebbe Lazar say that if you stepped outside the, trum, as long as you've still got your, the person, whom before he ends up touching the original, whom you can go back. That's only because in the beginning you had the trum of the city. Aval, he says, when I come to Machshik Molam you were never inside the trum. I might think that since you were never inside the original trum, then I don't give you this concept of Havlatrum in the overlapping trum. Now, again, this kind of, I think the way it, it seems to make sense, according to the, ex, the explanations we said, according to the of Batanura, that we're dealing with a case where he wanted to be within the Trum of the city, and now it's a bit too far out, so he only has four. And again, we're also, so it's a mamash, an exact parallel case of the, of the first case where he was within the Trum of the city and stepped out. Okay, so we're dealing with situations where he only has four, and the question is, does the Havalat Trum work? Meaning, in fact, that his personal fortrum is overlapping or in contact with the Trum of the city. So again, the Havaminu was, if he started in the city, oh, that's, like it says in the Mishnah, that's when Rabbi Lazarus is in. But if you were never inside the of the city, maybe we don't say habla Chum. However, Ech hi hada Hi Hihada. That we find that in a brighter, that actually he holds in both situations, even by Machshich. So once again, the continue, it's Havavai by Maymar. Rabbi Shimon, that which Rabbi Shimon said, of the 15 Amot Bafa, if you recall, because if you're machshich, as long as we're fifteen, you're going to the city. He maybe that's only that b'machshich. Maybe that's only a situation with someone b'machshich. Be Why? Because that situation of honest. it was out of, his, out of his control. Meaning he was traveling. He tried to go as quick as he can, and that's that's where he got to when Shabbos came in. However, b'yotzer if someone goes out meizir, he goes out deliberately from the Torah. Lada, maybe we don't give him that fifteen amot buffer. Right, that's like the rate. Then we say Esh He had We found a brainer actually that seemed to say that to teach us that Rebbe Shimon holds that that buffer is a genuine buffer and applies no matter what. Meaning whether the person was on his way to the, to the city and was stuck there, but honest, or when someone stepped out, but honest, like right? kicked the ball there and he stepped out the home to pick up, would deliberately pick up the ball. Oh, actually, within the fifteen number buffer, you can go back inside. Okay, let's continue. Um, okay let's learn the Mishnah. next mission now how do you work out the trum? importantly when it comes to trum, it goes from the well the edge of the city but the question is what's the edge of the city uh, so the gemara says first you need to work out the edge of the city so Now, not all, not all cities are perfectly square so therefore, you might have a house that's going in and a house that's going outwards. So they're jutting out, say, further north than the other, the other cities of the northern face. Pagum nichnas or pagum So that could be, for example, you might have a walled city and there are first towers along the way. So the, it's not a smooth wall at the edge or turrets or things like that. They're sort of the jaggers in and out. Or there might be some sort of ruins there or the khengsharim or or um, bridges or nefashot. Nefashot here means it's like a, like a matseva that place on a kever. ben but it has a bait in those locations. Importantly, there's a dwelling place there. Then what you do is niskar What happens is is then what you do is you draw the line from which you're going to measure to the most northern point based on all these things we said, like Nikh and things like that. Also on the, all the sides, west, east, south. And therefore, you effectively draw a square around the city. That's where your limits are. And then you measure out 2,000 amot. But those 2,000 amot aren't going to be... Um, they're going to be also another larger square, if you like. Kadesh gabi means that if you're going from, the say, the, the northwest corner of the city to the northwest corner of the Tchum, it's not going to be 2,000 amot from there. Because it's 2,000 watt going north and 2,000 more going west. But you're not going to say, again, take a radius and sort of curve it off. No. Nisgarba Zaviyot means is that the whole Tchum is going to be nicely shaped square. So the, from that corner to the other, the corner of the city, the corner of the Tchum, it's going to be 2,000 times root 2, okay? Which, again, you know, times like 1.4, et cetera. That, that's what it means, Nisgarba So you actually have, if you're going diagonally, more than 2,000 what you can walk from there to the city. Okay? Fine. Um... Let's learn the Gamara. Ketamarimeta Arim. So, bait nichnas bayotse, um, motsino tokenegera ear. Pagumyotse, pagum motsino pagum sorry, pagumyotse, motsino sorry, pagumyotse, motsino tokene eta ear konegdo Um, sorry, what was this? Sorry, Rubchaim, sorry. He says, um, he says, bait nichnas bayotse, or a connegera ear, meaning motsinet otoki illu hu im sharbati batima Okay? Do you make it if there's a bite that's nichnas going inwards? You bring it out, meaning it's less, say, north than the other northern houses. Then you bring it out. He says, You bring out, in other words, if there's a house that's more further north than other ones, we bring out the limit of the city all the way to the northern one, which is like we explained the Mishnah. In other words, we look at the most northern dwelling structure, and that's the one that we say is the top of the city. Okay, they're the measure where you measure the top of the city from. Now, let's continue the Gemara. Rab ma'abrim ma'abrim. So, uh, got a certain more, maybe more Sfari accent here. Ma'abrim, and Shmuel says ma'abrim, meaning there's differences. Do we read with, with an aleph or an ayin? And we've seen uh, this sugya kind of once before, uh, in terms of the and how to, well, the Girsul they express certain things. Manda ma'abrim, the shita that says that you use the Latin with an aleph, that means where does that lashon come from? That comes lashon of mishum Ever, meaning you're extending a limb out from the city, such that they we're now measuring from that point. And the sheet that says Manda abrim with an ayin, that's kiisha ubara, like a pregnant woman. So we're stretching out like a pregnant lady, the edge of the city. Okay, having mentioned these different ways of um, different ways of reading the Mishnah with Aleph or an Ayin, we see other Mishnas where there's a similar debate, and we've seen this discussion also before. Tama <inaudible> you can't mevarach until you're close enough to that you can, So, Rav says, ya'otu with an Aleph, and Shmuel says, oto with an Ayin. Ma'an damayya'otu, because it says, ach bezot ne'ot lachem, and it's referring to, uh, Shimon and Levi going to the um, the, the 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 people of Shechem and say they, they said Shimon Levi is going to the Shechem, It says it's if this you know if this pleases you right or Naotu is more if it's if it's acceptable if mukubala that's probably the way you you should read it to do such and such meaning to, 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 to make a break et etc cetera, etc cetera, how they entice them there. Reb Chaim says you ought to meaning. Mitraselachem in the Kabelalatem. So so to here, why do we say Achi Otur? Afkan Achi Kabel know, me'oro, in that you can receive from the light. That's how close you have to be. Okay. Umanda Amar you Otto with an ayin. What's that cause that Pasuk is um it says Ladat Leut et Yaf. in that um that's a pasuk Meshiao, but the La'ut Perus Rashi says and Radak, Laut means from time. Afkan or et air until can, the time arrives for the light to come out. Okay, um, meaning you can get Hana from it. We're talking about shilgoim that you can't do. You can't uh, do masa matam with them. So this is again from vadazara So what's the, and but idehem is referring to their festivals. So the question is, what does idehem mean? Well, Rav Tanihi taught. Idem with an actually change the gears here with an ayin and with a idehem. The Shmuel Amar Idehem with an aleph. Man da with an aleph. Kikarov yom idam. Now there, when the pasuk in uh, in in Dvarim is saying li nakam vishlem leet tamud raglam kikarov yom idam. The chash atidod lamo idam. There Reb, um Chaim here explains kikarov yom shivram shel that the smashing of the azara is going to is, is near that day. The kedemashma b'haikrav yom chagam kari because that's well, their days are called yom shivran as an allusion to the fact that they're worshipping of the abodazara. But yom idam meaning their time for the smashing of the Dazara, is, is, is is going to soon arrive. Umad so Ama with an ayin videhem hemagoyim. So what's idem with an Ayin there? That is Reb Chaim says pirush Abodazar Shalahem lolodu valo il la biom nakam got to go back to the original passage to uh, to appreciate it from yesshihu cause it says yore pesulam tohu vehammu de hem ilu. this is again referring to o zara the a de hem there e hemma these a balyiru u ba du laman vosshu that don't see that don't know. And again, so therefore, you can quite clearly see that the term Edehem is referring to as the language of Avodah Zarah. Yeah. So Yom Edehem, meaning the days of their Avodah Zarah festivals. Okay? So Malakim Shmuel of the Rav, what's the, how does Shmuel work with the explanation Rav? What does he do with the word Edehem? It says do ed, what you Eidehem are they're really, they're testifying. Yes, Why Shehen Atin Levayesh, of dehem leyomadin, Yomadin. Because when it comes to yomadin, they meaning Ari Rub here, he explains that Darosh Eidut, as in mamash testimony, because Idehem, sorry, before Rabbis Lashon Abodazar itself. But here they're going to testify, Shem to Dim Lavayeshla of leyomadin, because they're going to embarrass or shame the of them when it comes to Yomadin. Okay. Um all right, let's uh, we can stop here, I think. This is a good space to stop. All right, sure. Have a good day. Everyone. It just had this word in real life. Meaning? Eid al-Fitr. Okay. Conclusion of Ramadan. Uh-huh. This word. Uh-huh. Eid in Arabic is the first word. Very good. Okay. All right.